Sir, are you good? I was born good. You, you ready to plug away? Let's do it, baby. Oh, yeah. Take me out to the ball game. Uh, yeah, let's go. Take me out. Hello, everyone. My name is Thad Housley, and welcome to this very special edition of From the Cheap Seats. As our loyal listeners are well aware, the Mets mob, three passionate Mets fans from New York City, became a popular fixture of our pod in 2020. Leonardo from Manhattan and also Rob and Dave from the East Side. In addition to their hilarious and thoughtful insights on the historic divisional rivalry between the Mets and the Nationals, as well as baseball in general, they also gave us insightful monthly updates on what was going on with COVID in one of America's epicenters for that disease at the time that you couldn't get on CNN or any other media service. So I'm including links to their many amazing episodes in our liner notes, should you wish to review, and I recommend you do, because these guys are so super entertaining. But today, the mob is back! And they are better than ever in this victory lap where they share their predictions for the Mets this year and next. We hope it won't be their last appearance. The Mets mob attracted to this podcast thousands of passionate Mets fans located in the D.C. area, as well as people in the NYC metro area. So, (laughs) I am very pleased to share this brand new podcast with you. Because I know you guys, I don't care if you're Nats guys or Mets guys, I know you love these guys. Enjoy! Hey, welcome to the Mets Mets Mob first and last podcast of the season, 2021 season. Joining us is Rob Houtman and I am Leonardo from Manhattan. Uh, Most of you know me from the Richard Neer Show on Saturdays on WFAN. And I'm not going to bring in D Grove until he gets into his apartment because we all agreed that we would start at 8 p.m. So, Grove, you can turn it off until you get to your uh, deluxe apartment in the sky. Ha ha. So get on up to your apartment. I'm not going to let you on. So, Rob, uh, what have you been doing the last uh, few months? Uh, Dealing with D Grove's lateness. That's always that's always an ongoing challenge. Awesome. And I just before we start, I want to say this uh, podcast is sponsored by the Scandal Sheet podcast. Love, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And the current episode is about the 1919 World Series where the Chicago White Sox apparently threw the World Series. We have executive producer Thad Halkley on. Thad, you want to tell us a little bit about the show? Oh, thank you, Len. Yes. Um, uh, Scandal Sheet. Uh, First, I want to uh, thank the Mets mob, uh, Rob and Dave and Len, for making the 2020 season of our previous podcast from the Cheap Thieves so amazing. 
all the insights that you gave us about our, the, the divisional rivalry between the Mets and uh, the Nats, but also now we've got this new uh, uh, podcast, which is which is about everything that Len said: um, drug, sex, rock and roll, celebrity gossip, UFOs, Bigfoot conspiracy. You got it all, man. If you love tabloid journalism. That's what we're going to give you. So, and we hope to have all three of these guys as a participant in this podcast going forward. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much, Dad. And a big shout out to my homegirl, Bernice, the automated <laughs> robot who I have had a scorching love affair with since what, 2018? Yeah, or so. You have got, thank you, yes. Bernice. I can't We've wait to give to you uh, have some so Android, Android love. All right. So, Thad, now you can mute yourself. Thank you. Rob, we're going to be talking about, seems like it's just going to be me and you for quite a while, because apparently Dave, Dave Grover's uh, elevator is out of order, or I'm trying to hack into it to make it out of order. But Rob, we're going to talk about the 2021 Mets season. Among them, the topics that we can talk about, if not all of them, the Rats game, uh, Jacob deGrom, Sissy, Pansy, or is he really hurt? Noah Syndergaard, idiot or idiot, thumbs up, thumbs down, and Javier Baez, who gives the most wind? Uh, somebody who eats uh, a, a ton of beans or Javier Baez swinging and striking out? Rob, what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts on the 2021 season? Well, Leonardo, I would have to go with, you know, that's an interesting question because I was going to say disappointment, but I'm going to take that off the table and I'm going to say expected. Because here's the thing as we all know, the Mets were in first place for a very long time. But the way that I felt about it, the way that I always looked at it was, it wasn't so much that they were in first place as the other crappy teams in the NL East were not. And Mets were kind of just holding it until the other teams could catch up uh, and play to, to their level. Uh, most uh, most obviously, I'm talking about the Braves and to, to, to a relatively speaking lesser extent, the Phillies. Um, but I would agree. I would agree. And just, uh, and I, you know, and we're going to talk a lot about a lot of different things. One thing that is not disappointing is their home record. They are 43 as of tonight, 43 and 31 at home. So 12 games over 500. And, you know, they say, Hey, if you can win at home and play 500 on the road, you do fine. But on the road, they are 15 games under at 29 and 44. What do you attribute to that, Rob? Uh, well, I mean, look, teams always play better at home, uh, but the Mets, the Mets have a way of either living up to, up to, uh, I guess the, the norms or shattering them, you know, going, going their own way and doing things that you, you've never quite seen before. And usually as a Mets fan, that's usually a negative. Um, one of the things that I think sum up the season very well, as you full well know, the, the end of the year, the, the Cubs become sellers. They sell Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, where he does exceedingly well. They sell Chris Bryant to the Giants, where he does exceedingly yes. well. They sell Javi Baez to the Mets, where he does terrible, gets hurt, and then comes back and is average at best. That's Mets magic. Yeah. And, you know, um, for the last month, Michael Conforto has played like Michael Conforto, but for the first five months out of this six-month season, he looked like he forgot how to play the game. He was sub-200 most of the year, striking out 
more often than you get COVID. And a uh, little, little shout out to Rob. We want to get well soon. Rob's got COVID. He was vaccinated seven times, believe it or not. Seven. So if you had the over under of seven, you win. Uh, but seriously, he's, and Rob, give us a quick uh, health update on your COVID status. How are you feeling? Can I get right back to you? I'm actually getting inoculation number eight as we speak. There you go. Uh, okay, so if I could, yeah. Yeah. And in your opinion, and I don't know if you want to bring up baseball reference, uh, but in your opinion, who, if any of the 2021 Mets could either, I don't even want to say start, but make, let's just say start or make the 1986 Mets team. Huh? Well, and and I'm looking at the roster now, so I'll start. I think maybe, I think Brandon Nemo could make the team. He wouldn't start. And I think uh, just because Rafael Santana was, you know, a dutiful average shortstop, on 86, I think Francisco Lindor with his uh, could probably definitely make the team and or start. Other than that, I don't think anybody, I don't think oh, well, Alonzo, Alonzo could, Alonzo would be backing up Keith Hernandez for sure and, and spelling him. But after that, I don't think any of the position players would have a chance at even making the 1986 team. What about you? Why don't we do this? Why don't we let D Grove? And if you have a drum roll or some sort of uh, triumphant music to, to announce. Sure. Name. And the first question I would ask D Grove's opinion on, because he is an expert, is we had this scheduled at eight o'clock for the last <laughs> seven days. What happened in your life that was so serious that it's about to be eight twelve that you can't make it on time? Just curious. Ready? Go. And unmute yourself, you unprofessional <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Okay. The Zoom link came about three minutes to eight o'clock. I mean, that's a little late. I was waiting in my office. The Zoom link never came. Hold on. I texted you. I said, we still doing this. No response. I was still at the office. I mean, we still doing it. This is part of Rob Houtman's birthday present, by the way, but keep going. All right. Bygones, be God. Bygones, you were late. All right. Welcome welcome to the show, D Grove. D, you want to give a a quick shout out to your business and how people can get a hold of you if they've been in a, a hit and run? Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Yes, um, I am a personal injury attorney by day. We handle all auto accidents, all slip and falls. We give free consultations. So yes, please, do. Please, call, please call me 212-527-7575. Ask for me personally, not anybody else in my office. Mention where you got my name from, and I'll be happy to give you a free consultation. David Grover. Yep, that's David, David Grover, Grover, New York's best, okay. very best lawyer, I might add. David, yeah. so do you think any players on this team could make the 1986 Mets team? Yeah, the majority would. I mean, I will. What? Okay, hold on. Oh, hold on. Here we go. go. Here we go. Okay, okay. well, obviously we know about DeGrom, right? Well, um, I'm, I'm position players. Okay, okay. okay. yeah. Okay, McCann would certainly be a backup catcher on that team, wouldn't he? Okay. Um, I, I, who backed up Gary Carter back then? Do we remember? Yes, it was uh, Ed Hearn. No. Ed Hearn. I think it was Ed Hearn. Yeah. Let's see. So oh, was it Barry Lines? I think he was later. Um, let's see. Catcher. Uh, Ed Hearn was the 1986 backup. He played in 50 games and batted 265. That would be like a leadoff hitter today, man. Yeah, but, number two. McCann would McCann would take it. Alonso would make the team. Yes, agreed. Baez would make the team. Lindor would make the team. Um, McNeil Dykstra? Would, Dykstra McNeil would. McNeil would make the team. Um, and uh, not sure about Conforto or Dominic Smith. Maybe. Oh, not at all. Yeah. And you had Nimmo in there. Funny, I, I wasn't really thinking Nimmo and Nimmo maybe. Um, but I think at least half, if not more. Would make the team, but certainly nobody would start. 
other than oh, I have a chance to answer this question. Lindor, absolutely. Lindor, yeah. Lindor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's my answer, which is yeah. somewhat radical to the way this show normally goes, with you two uh, girls uh, normally bickering uh, yep. uh, feverishly. My answer is how many of the current team would make a build play for the 1986 team? Zero, none, not one, because they weren't born. There's that. But, <laughs> but today's player, as we've all separately either yep. and personally spoken about, today's player, the way they approach the game, the way they play the game is completely different from the way that they played the game 35, uh, 40, whatever, however long ago it was. Yeah, it's a while. So uh, a Javi Baez who thinks it's fine to strike out four times and five at-bats with the fifth one being a home run, he thinks he's done wonderful. I don't know how well that plays with 1986, 80s-style baseball. I agree. Yep. I so agree. I don't think any of the current players who would come back to the dugout and say, what was my launch angle there? What was my exit velocity? Oh, forget about it. Yep. Did, did you see why did you hit it there when there was when there was somebody standing there yep. in, or nobody standing there? All right. They're, end they're it, end it, Rob. We, we got the point. We got it. Yep. All right. And uh, Degrove, uh, I just want to make one correction because I remember when, and I was looking at my notes, and I know you took me to task, maybe rightfully so, but it was an honest mistake. Uh, when I said Steve Matz would win the Cy Young, what I really <laughs> meant was what I really meant was Zach Wheeler. I really, I was looking at my notes. So I think I was right then. You know, Zach Wheeler is probably, uh, what is he? He is, uh, he's 13 and nine. I mean, I think he's looking pretty good for a Cy Young. He's got a whip of uh, just about one. I don't know who else is going to, is in the Cy Young battle. Do you today, this year? Well, but here's the thing about that, right? You're correct. However, how many Mets fans, when the Phillies signed Wheeler to that contract said, wow, the Mets should have matched that? Uh, that's a good question. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he got, I think he's maybe overpaid. I mean, next year, Way he overpaid. could definitely, yeah. When, when he signed that contract, I can't tell you how many Mets fans on social media, on FAN, said, wow, what a horrible contract for a number three starter. He's got three complete games this year. Yeah, fantastic. How crazy is that? He's no got two shutouts. I mean, I don't think the rest of the league has three complete games. Oh, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Great contract. But at the time, it was a horrible contract. And we agree that if he was on the Mets this year, he comes nowhere close to those numbers and is probably hurt for a month and a half. I would agree with that. And speaking of agreeing, this might be something that we all agree on. I'll start it. Uh The Rats story. I believe it was a lie and they were really fighting in the in the uh, the hallway of the dugout. And I think while good came from it, they went and seemed to go on a brief tear after that. I think that it was wrong for them to lie about what happened. Do you guys believe that there were rats or that it was, it was a lie? <laughs> Nobody believes there were rats. Come on. That's like saying, did A-Rod take stir? I mean, no one really believes those right. things. I mean, okay. I mean, the rat thing is obviously a joke. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make light of it to make it go away. But that's not going to work in New York. You know what you do? You come out. You say, hey, we love each other. We had a little spat. Yep. We're all good now and move on from it. That's what you need to do on that. Yes, agree with Degrove, and also social media, not just baseball, but anything, any topic. The lifespan is about a day, give or take. So they did that. It was stupid. It was dumb. They got flack for it, and nobody's talking about it anymore. Even the infamous thumbs down, gone. Even, even that is completely gone. The yeah. social media cycle, a day. Yeah, that's it. But you, But what they did – made it three days instead of one day. That was the mistake. The rat story. That's true.
I'm not sure if the thumbs down went away as quickly or is not remembered as much. I think, it, I mean, we've had some bad players. We've had, what was that guy uh, on the 86 Mets that looked like a boxer and he played shortstop and he caught the ball with Kevin one Mitchell? hand. Kevin Mitchell, probably doing time as we speak. Uh, Daryl Strawberry, Mr. Cokehead. Doc Gooden doesn't remember 1987. Lenny Dykstra, he's been in and out of jail. But and and you know certainly not things to be proud of. But I think one of the top three things to not be proud of in Met history is booing the fans. Can't boo the fans. Yeah. The fans are undefeated. The fans, fans are undefeated. However, at the end of the day, it's all about winning. Winning makes everything go away. Jose Reyes beat his wife. Familia beat his wife. They came yeah. back. They played well. The fans cheered. And that's and your point, Rob. Yeah. I mean, look at Lindor. When he got those three home runs against the Yankees, he was loved to see that standing ovation. Yeah. I was at the game the other night when Baez hit that home run to tie the game. Standing ovation, curtain call. Fans forget. They move on as long as you produce. If they weren't hitting, right. it would go on forever. If you're hitting, yeah, we'll get over it. And they took two out of three from the Yanks and then tanked since then. I mean, they they might not finish. All right, let's take a poll. Who thinks the Mets will finish over 500? I think they'll finish over 500 maybe They're by 72 a game. and 75 right now. Yep, maybe by a game. I think, they're, I think they'll struggle to, to win 76 games, I think. Maybe 77. I'm between you two guys. I say around 80, around that, around that ballpark. Which can we agree? So who are getting the wins, right? We got no starting pitching. We haven't heard from uh, Syndergaard. Is he done? No, he he pitched. I think he pitched a rehab or he pitched the other day. He pitched the the Cyclones, right? Yeah. And he got COVID? Yeah. No. He's got COVID now? He, he had, had it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he had it a couple weeks ago. But oh, I I, I meant Degrom. I meant Degrom. No, oh, Degrom no. pitched like 15 pitches off a slope the other day. So I don't know how that leads to starting in the major league. So I don't know. I mean, they they hope to get him back. They did three MRIs. They're like, listen, uh, you got a zit on your arm, but that's the only thing we can see. And I just don't understand. You highlighting know. highlighting a side conversation with Degrom when. DeGrom went out the last time. I said, that's it. You're not going to see him the rest of the year. DeGrove gave me his standard face. I, you kids at home can't see it. It goes something like this. I did. I thought and he said, be. no. He said, no, you're going to see him again. You're absolutely going to be, see him again. To be fair, you said that about all his other injuries as well. His other minor injuries this year. You all said you won't see him again either. So to be, you always say that. So you're going to be right eventually. You say it every, after every injury. Broken clock. Right twice a day. Broken clock. Right twice a day. But this DeGrom thing is maddening, right? Best pitcher in baseball history up to the all-star break. Then all of a sudden, forearm soreness, and that's it. Season's over. So what's the Mets season this year? And again, they deserve all the criticism we're going to give them today. How much better would they be if DeGrom didn't get injured? They'd have probably another four to six wins. But August, right? So no. No. They were 9 and 19 in August. If you take away no. August and September, they're 7 and 8. June, they're 15 and 15. May, they're 17 and 9. No. I think yeah. you don't think. Leonardo, what? Let, me, let, me, let me edit what you just said. They, would, they should have had four to six more wins had he pitched. That's but as meant. you full well know, they don't score runs for him. No, no, but they, they pretty much uh, got past that this year after that fourth mm. start. You know what? He was like, what is he, seven and three or something like the ground? 
He's a stopper. He yeah. pitches every every fifth game. Not only do you win most of those games this year anyway, but you save the bullpen. All your starters kind of move back another notch. You have an extra guy. Who's seven and two this year, Rob? You're wrong. Yeah. Take more of your uh, your Donald Trump uh, drugs that you uh, – Meanwhile, when De- so when uh, are we say that you, are we allowed to say you're at Lenox Hill Hospital? You were, or wherever the hell uh, you were. You can say that if you like. I wasn't. But okay. Well, Rob said. I, I called Rob. He said I'm getting the Trump drugs. So I guess that means Rob's <laughs> voting for Trump next year. Actually, I, when Trump uh, runs for mayor of New York City, can't wait for that. But um, let's talk a little bit. Let's 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 let's. In, it's the middle of the show. We got another twenty minutes. Let's and it's you know I think. Uh, we got two Jews and a Christian here, but I think one of the things that is common about our faith is that we are thankful for the things that we have, family, job, health, with the exception of Rob, that might go by the end of this show. But uh, <laughs> Lisa, where's the will, Lisa? Get the keys to the to the, to the uh, safe deposit box. To the battlefield. You know, right? But, uh, but we, we are thankful. So one of the things, let's, let's, we'll go around the horn. I'll start. And I am thankful for, I tell you, this kid, I, I'm thankful for Brandon Nemo. And a few years ago, I felt like he had forgotten how to play the game. But, man, if you could give me maybe not a whole team of Nemos, but a half a team of Nemos with his energy and dedication and smile and attitude, I think that would be a freaking great half a team. And I, you know, he's pretty much batted what 280, 290 this year. And the guy, you know, I think he's a plus outfielder. You know, he's not the best in the world, but he certainly doesn't, you know, hamper you in the outfield and he can hit the opposite way. So that's that's one player I'm thankful for. Rob, what are you thankful for as a Met fan this year? I am thankful that they played an entire season. Not something we were guaranteed at the beginning of the year. Right. I am thankful that they played with fans allowed. Um, it well, was let's, let's talk about players. Like what players? You want to talk about players? Yeah, right. yeah, we positive. It, yeah, yeah. I thought we were keeping it broad. Um, I am thankful for the first half of uh, Edwin Diaz. Okay. Uh, who was basically lights out. He was the elite closer. Uh, that we thought we were getting a few years back. And then, of course, in the last few weeks, he turned into the closer that we got the last couple of years. But if you want to ask a player that I'm thankful for, it was him for the first half. And, of course, as you said, uh, DeGrom was on his way to a magical, a magical season, again, in this era of baseball. Um, But still, um, a, a guy that could... A guy that could pitch with Tom Seaver in 1975. Okay. You got to work on making your little bits a little bit shorter. So just keep that in your head before the ventilator gets on your face. <laughs> D Grove, what is? <laughs> yeah. And let's take a quick moment to remind everybody that Scandal Sheet is our sponsor. Go to scandalsheet.podbean.com for the latest in podcast scandals. Ooh, okay, yeah. D Grove. Listen, that was great. I loved a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. very exciting. Degrove, uh, who, uh, who, uh, what, who are you thankful for on the team? And, and, he, and he's a lawyer, so you know he wouldn't lie. First honorable mention, um, Aaron Loop. He was fantastic this year. I mean, I hope he was. Yeah. Day one to now, nobody was better out of that entire pitching staff. Um, but I am absolutely most thankful for the only guy on this team that performed offensively from day one till today, Pete Alonso. You're right. 
Okay, the whole lineup either was injured or didn't perform. He played the entire season. He put up good numbers in a year yeah. when this is down. And not only that, but I thought he was pretty clutch also. Like when he came out and he said to the, if it was one press conference or after a bad loss, he said, hey, guys, we have this, fans. Don't worry about it. Next day he went out, he hit like a home run or two, hit, got like three hits. So not only do I think he's a really good player and a good leader, I think he's a clutch player, and that's going to be really, really big to this team going forward. You know, we might be witnessing, you know, if me and Degrove make it into our 70s, Rob, we're hoping he makes it to the end of the month, but we might be witnessing a Hall of Fame career here, you know? I mean, we could, right? I mean, he's got, you know, and that is something that not many teams can say they got, you know, and he's only in his third year, but he seems to have the makeup with the exception of that stupid mustache. He's got to freaking shave that thing. Porn That's mustache. A, well, What? It's a porn mustache. It definitely is a porn uh, We can't. My, my parents listen to this podcast, so just be careful. But, but good, what you mentioned is about him being a potential Hall of Famer one day. Yeah. Well, think about I mean, we, this is a whole other topic, but yeah. Mets have had no homegrown star position players. That I mean, you want to talk about David Wright, maybe. But how many guys had a long career with the Mets that were position players that ended up being great or even Hall of Fame caliber? I can't think of any. Wow. I wonder, you know, that's a great point. I wonder what percentage of Hall of Famers played for this one team in their career. Now, obviously, Hall of Famers before 1975, probably 95% of them, right? You know, and let's see. Oh, you know, yeah. But like since 1980, you know, I mean, even oh, Dave Winfield. I mean, do you consider Dave Winfield a Padre or a Yankee? He's both. It's mixed. It's almost like Piazza. But but where do you go on like what homegrown Met played a long term with outside of David Wright, who was yeah know. Strawberry had the potential you know without a doubt yeah a lot of guys Tom Seaver no, well I he's a pitcher player. yeah oh, oh position Seaver. player right. yeah yeah of course Seaver easy one but I'm talking about position play there's really none someone brought that to me asked me that the other day and I said wow you're right there's really no homegrown position player that became a superstar player Reyes could have been. Right. We have a lot of could have been. Yeah. Yeah. He was close. I mean, he, he was yeah. definitely. David Wright is could have been. There's, there's a lot of could have been. Let's talk a little bit about City Field. Um, I think we all went to at least one game this year. Yeah. D Grove, how many did you go to? Um, Only two or three. Three. Okay. Three. And I'd like and, to throw out, by the way, for D Grove, that he got to resume his, his, his streak of attending opening day games. And I think we can give him an, an asterisk for last year. 25 years. Right. Yep. Quarter century. Yep. You were at opening day this year, huh? I'm, a, I'm at every opening day except for the one that they didn't allow for. Right. Yeah, that's kind of a little D, D Grove was our canary in the, um, what's it called? The canary in the... Canary in a coal mine. Canary in the coal mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we talk about for a minute? I'm sorry to, yeah, to, go to, ahead. to pull it away from you, Leonardo. But I think very important and something that we, that we absolutely have to, to talk about if we're talking about the year, the manager. Manager. Oh, right. D Grove on. Oh no, D was I? I think we, we, we you know, it's like WFAN. He's calling from a, a cell phone. Rob, call us back when you're through the tunnel. <laughs> Luis Rojas has a losing record, like many other Mets managers throughout history. Uh, what's your? If you were to give him a, let's do two things: grade him for this year, D Grove, and then if you are the Mets owner, do you bring him back or not next year? Go. Okay, I grade him a C minus. Oh my god, I agree with you completely. Go ahead. I don't bring him back. I agree with you again. Oh my god. 
Now it's scary. Yeah. And the reason it's funny, he did some good things, some bad things. He was nice during the winning streak. You, you got to give him some blame for that horrible run, that horrible August. But here's the thing. His decision making is abysmal. It is so bad. Sometimes I wonder if he's trying to lose. I mean, there are things he does that are mind boggling. I mean, Patrick Brzezica pinch hitting never should pinch it. The game I was at the other day, he brought in that guy Reed who has like three innings in his career and he was injured instead of uh, Trevor Williams. He takes out Tyrone. Uh, he takes out, um, what's his name? Tyrone, um, Tyon. Oh God, my brain shot. Tyon Walker. Water, Tyon yeah. Walker, who yeah. was dominating yeah. best game of his career. You're right. 70 something pitches, whatever it was, took him out. I mean, the decision making, I don't know where it's coming from him front office has been shockingly horrible. And I, you're right. And I think where he lost his job, was that doubleheader that they lost. And on the second game of the night, he didn't have Baez or Lindor. And they had both had great first games. And they were seven-inning games. And these kids are in their 20s, man. I can play a doubleheader. I'm 55 years old. Okay. So, uh, and, and you play every game. I mean, that, uh, talk radio exploded the next morning. Rob, are you back with us uh, from the draft there? Yeah, you're good. Give me a, yeah. So yeah. I, I was trying to say before, DeGro is one of those guys on the Facebook uh, Met groups who, they, when the people at the, again, up to the halfway point of the year, maybe even a little bit further, right. they're yelling, they're screaming, they got like, fire this guy. And DeGrove, what, DeGrove did one post that really stood out because obviously I still remember it in a, in a world where I remember nothing. Uh, he said, so you want to fire the first place manager? And DeGrove was right. So for him to be, I just want to give folks context. Yeah. For him to be here now, leading the charge from where he was at one point, he had his Captain America shield in hand yeah. and was fending off the 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 bow, the slings and arrows of people who were like, "Fire this guy!" He is now leading that crew and saying, "Get this guy out of here." I mean, decision. I mean, you can't. You, the, the things he, the decisions he makes. Some things are judgment calls. Some things are just wrong. He makes the wrong move. That's the problem. Who's our manager now? How come Willie Ran- is real? Is Willie Randolph still in the league? And can we get him? If Tony Larusa can be managing at seventy-five, why can't Willie come back here and finish the job he started? How come nobody ever hired him? They say he didn't interview well, and he's kind of like part of that old school kind of like the Girardi, you know, thing where he's got to find a really good like fit because he might not be the the money baseball thing. You know what? Next year. Let the Mets go back to their number one choice. They wanted Beltron. Cora's back in the game. That's what I was Beltron yeah. as manager? Yep. It makes, also, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, right? I, isn't he banned for life from the game, no, him and Pete no. Rose? No, him no. and Alex Cora. And Alex Cora might win manager of the year for the Red Sox. No, no, no. This Houston thing's finished, okay? Alex Cora is celebrated. Beltron can't come back. But Beltron was the mastermind of it. Oh, Cora was pretty up there too. Cora was very much yeah. right. And like we said before, like we said before, winning eliminates everything. Now, there are a couple of things that I never want to remember. Beltron was uh, Brody's hire, not Sandy's hire. So we don't know how that's going to play out. Um, the other downside to bringing in Beltron is well, what we've suffered through the last couple of managers are rookie managers making bad moves. Yeah. I think the fan base may want to have a more experienced guy walk in the door. But, you know, if it's better, I would bring back Randolph. I think I would bring back. I mean, there's other. What other people do you suggest? What, what goes besides the everyone's just Mark Showalter, Mike Sosha. What other manager can you guys think of that might be a good pickup? What about Clint Herbeck? 
what's he doing? Clint Hurdle? Hurdle, yeah. Is he anywhere? You know, he, what? Did, he always did a good job with the Pirates with not a lot to, to do. He always did, did a good job there. But he isn't did. there talk of the Mets bringing, going even higher than manager and bringing in that genius from the Cubs? So what's his uh, name? Theo. There was some Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein. Yeah, let yeah he saved the Red well. They Sox can't and the Cubs. legally talk to him. I heard, and the, the the Cubs won't let him or something like that. But yeah. and plus, the manager is is really not that big of a position anymore. I mean, you know, Boone doesn't barely makes the lineup. Cardi's got to get everything approved. You know, they're paper pushers. And uh, Rob, you always brought up a good point. You know about Billy Martin. I mean, can you imagine? You know, Billy Martin managing today. I mean, he wouldn't last five games. I think Rob told the story when. I think somebody hit into a double play. Rob said, you know, if Billy was managing, he would have shot the player's puppy and make him clean up the blood or something like that. Well, Billy also didn't last five games back in the either with the Yankees half the time with, with uh, George Steinbrenner. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, who's the manager? It's Mike. What about Mike social? What's his story? Is he not, how can he, he has not received any offers since he was fired. Yeah, from I think run? he's getting up there too, but then, you know, you have Larissa's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. And Dusty Baker do it. I think I think we're a little past. Uh, you know it? what? Tony Larusa takes everything, puts everything on the table. So really if do. I said if to, if I said to you, let's get Tony Larusa, you'd be like, ah, no. So as long as we're grading things, and let's be open and honest with each other here, why don't you, both of you grade my appearances as Leonardo from Manhattan on WFAN? Rob, go. Uh, what's my range? One to ten. Which one's best? Which one's worst? Ten is best. One. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Happy COVID. (laughs) All right. You know, don't make me do this, please, because, you know, I have fun ripping on you. And if we're going to go down this route, I have to be honest and say, yeah, you are a really good caller. Thank you. I just brought this privately. So, you know, he knows what he's very good, very entertaining, says the right things. You do a great job. I got thank you very much, Leonardo. It's almost like you should have a completely separate podcast from this. Oh, I do. I have. It's funny you you? should mention that, Rob. Really? For those of you who ride a motorcycle or have a loved one who rides, go to arrivealivepodcast.com and you will see the only motorcycle safety podcast on the on the web. And we are celebrating our thirty fifth episode. And just the other day, you know, it is here in America. I know we get listeners from all over the world. Um, but here in America, yesterday started Hispanic Heritage Month, and I launched uh, Hispanic Heritage Month with a gentleman from Cuba who lives in New York oh, for many years. Bueno. Yes, bueno. and he is a small business owner, and he rides a uh, Triumph motorcycle, and mm-hmm. in 1998, he was in an accident on the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Expressway, and he lost uh, most of his jaw. He's got like Whoa. two pounds of metal in his jaw, and the day he was able to walk again, he yeah. stepped into a motorcycle dealership and bought a new motorcycle. Wow. That's a, that's arrivealivepodcast.com. Wow. And let me ask you this. If that yes. guy wanted uh, legal representation, do you have any suggestions? He would go to Dave Grover at 212. <laughs> 5257-7575. Consultations always free. Always free, right. And if you're looking yeah. to get COVID, you can come to... <laughs> to uh, D. Grove, since you were so nice, uh, we I mentioned some topics. What topics have we not talked about that you uh, that are on your mind about the the Mets this year or years past? Well, what is going to happen next year, right? I Uh, mean, you know, the the payroll is going to have to go through the roof, right? They're losing a lot of free agents. They're not losing a lot of salary. 
They have a lot of decisions to make. They have, right? They have um, Syndergaard, Conforto, Stroman, and actually Javi Baez. So they have four major players. They have to decide what they're doing. Um, oh, they have Cano coming back with this $24 million. Great. Uh, what are we doing with him? Yeah. But, you know, somebody said that we don't have to pay him or something next year. No, no last this year, because he was suspended, he wasn't paid. But his suspension ends. He's got two more years, tw- about $24 million per season. That's going to really hurt their salary, you know, the salary situation. So there's a lot of money on that, on that, and they have a lot of things they want to do. A lot of guys are going to want a lot of money, including Stroman, right? Um, Bias, if you want to back. So what can they do to make this team better besides hoping that all these guys that had down years this year have better years next year. You're right. He is signed through the 2023 next year. Just as an aside, he's due 24 million. The Mariners are going to be paying 3.75 million of that 24. So basically 20, call it 20 million. Okay. I mean, and does he even start like, I mean, just cause you pay a lot for something doesn't mean you have to use it. Right. Or maybe use it on like, if you have a nice Rolex watch, you don't have to wear it every day. Right, it's it's too expensive. I mean, I don't know if he's even up to be a starter next year. At thir- oh, wow, he's going to be thirty nine years old next year. No, wait, I'm I'm way beyond that. If it gets starting, does he even make the team? Well, if he doesn't make the team, you still have to pay him, though, right? You know, but if he looks like he's an old man and he's not going to help the team on the bench, I mean, who, you know, Steve Cohen's not going to care about the money. So, the, so the question is, if you, you know, who who take you know whose spot would he be taking on that on that team? The only thing that might save his job with the Mets is if there's the DH next year, then he may have a better chance of making it. Good point. And everybody's pointing to that. It will be Rob. Do you think there's going to be a universal DH next year? I do not. And what makes you say that? Uh, I just think they're going to want to win when they pull back so many of the current stupid rules and there's none dumber than a runner on second base in the 10th inning. Right. I mean, it really, it really is like softball. Uh, I think they're going to want to, they're going to really want to, at least for a year, uh, say we are the the same traditional game that you've always loved, and there are some things that you just want to stick to. I could be wrong on that one, but I think that that might be one. Well, will there be a next year? Remember, the collective bargaining agreement expires after this season. I know they're not going to strike. They, they had to have learned their lesson. They had to have learned their lesson. They Never. came that close to it, to it all shutting down. And by the way, I mean baseball is not even what it used to be. That's why they're making all these tango, it doesn't matter. It takes two to tango, yeah. right? Players. And, and- you're right. And you know what? Uh, I think we should also uh, just uh, I know Thad was a big fr- uh, fan of Norm McDonald, who uh, the, the great comedian who passed. And 10 years ago, he had a bit about uh, Buster Posey's sister. Have you heard that? No. Nope. OK, so 10 years ago, Buster, Buster Posey's sister was uh, playing high, uh, college division one softball and she hit what's called a golden cycle. So which is she hit a, a, a solo home run a two-run home run, a three-run home run, and a grand slam in one game of softball, which led some journalists to, uh, to speculate that she was better than her brother. And, and, and Norm McDonald said, yeah, better than her brother, who is not hitting against girls, throwing underhand a big ball, right? <laughs> I thought that was so great. So, right. Yeah, what, 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 what a talent like from- I want to yeah, take you over got the show it. Take you it. again for two, for two seconds. You got it. I'm going to ask you guys fast run questions. You know, Leonardo. Well, yeah. Michael Conforto, 2022 Mets. He's on the team, yes or no? No. D Grove. Yes. 
Leonardo, hang on. Leonardo. Javi Baez. Nope. Degrove. No. Oh, now go ahead and explain, gentlemen. Degrove, we'll start with you on Conforto. Oh, because I think it makes sense for both teams. It makes sense for the Mets to offer him a qualified qualifying offer, right? So the Mets would do it because it's a one-year deal. You take a chance on a guy on a one-year deal who has his potential. And for his, you know, the, the rumor was he would not accept it. I think he will because he's not going to get a ton of money on the free no. agent market, especially with that draft pick attached to him because of the qualifying offer. So I think he comes back on the $19 million qualifying offer. Leonardo on Baez? Well, part of what Dave, Dave said about um, about Cano, I mean, maybe he gets into shape, who knows, but I don't think you need somebody who swings and misses. He's a little bit of a hothead, and he's got some bravado. He can't, you know, and he can, he's very aggressive running the bases, uh, but I just don't think, I mean, I like his bravado, but somebody's, you, you can't have more strikeouts than hits, and he does. Here's my prediction on Michael Conforto. That if you could remember this, I'd appreciate it. Michael Conforto, MVP, starting right fielder, <laughs> all-star game for the, hang on, New York Yankees. I thought you were going to say Tidewater Tides. No, New York Yankees. In classic, as only the Mets luck can run, like a Justin Turner, like yep. a Daniel Murphy, he will go elsewhere and finally live up to his unbroken. Tell your daughter to uh, get up the white body. So Dave, Dave Grubbett, assume that this podcast has a, another episode in the next six months. Give me one player that's still alive from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s that you would like to have on the show. Ooh, okay. Um, to have on this show. Not at the same time. We would have separate episodes for each one. So, yeah. Oh, from each decade. Yeah, but one from each decade, and they have to be still alive as of now. I mean, the problem is I'm kind of biased, right, because I'm a Mets fan. So looking at – No, know. it's Mets. I mean, you have to pick oh, a Mets okay. player. Yeah, so a Mets player from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Screw the 2000s. Okay. Well, P- Piazza was 90s. Yep. Okay? So yep. we'll get a Piazza from the 90s. Um, the, <laughs> now, the 80s, part of me says, you know, Shorebury were good in – but man, Lenny Dykstra would be some freaking entertaining interview. Okay, I agree. He's out of his freaking mind. Okay. Um, let's see. Seventies. Um, you know, like Rob, I'm into like these obscure, wacky Mets from the old days. So maybe like a Bruce Beauclair or somebody like that. Just okay. Kind of your guy to talk about. Yep. And uh, in the sixties, is anybody well, still alive? Sure, Nolan Ryan. Okay, fair enough. Rob, who would you pick each decade? 60s, 60s, Ed Cranepool. I think he's dead. He's not. He's not. Remember that game on MTV, Dead or Alive? Remote control? Unless you killed him and you just admitted it on the podcast. Ed Cranepool's still alive? Okay. All right, 70s. Ed Cranepool, 70s. Felix Mion. Oh, good one. Our second baseman of those pennant winning teams. Or pennant winning, I should say, not pennant winning. Um, uh, 80s, I would go with your friend and mine, Uh-oh. Wally, Wally Backman. Okay. 90s, John Olerud. Does he speak Wally, English? John Olerud? Yeah. Wasn't he from Sweden or something? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> he was a quiet guy, but no. Right. Okay. Uh, no. Ask Richard Neer. 
I will. I will. I'll, I'll but, call tomorrow, and I'll John, be promoting our show. But John Olerud, one of the uh, one of the one of the off the radar best first baseman the Mets ever had. I would have uh, Ro- uh, McDowell from the eighties. Okay, nineties. I'm gonna. Oh, uh, Benny Agbayani. Was he nineties? Sure. Was he early two thousands? Nineties. Okay, because you know, I think in his second game in the major leagues, he caught the second out. But he thought it was the third out, and he and there was gave, a guy on base, a and he yep. gave it to a fan. Sure. Uh, 70s, I know you're going to love this guy. The one, the only, Pete Falcone. Oh. Pete Falcone? Yeah, Pete Falcone. He's well, around. I think he, like, doesn't he have his own show now or something? Yeah, he's around. He does podcasts, or he does right. interviews. I heard him. Yeah. And 60s uh, is, is Swoboda still alive? Yeah, he is. I would have so about. All right. Talk about the or, you, by the, or by the way, Jerry Kuzman. Oh, and Ron Darling. Did I say the 80? <laughs> oh, you know, I did say. I would like to have Ron Darling because I'm a big Ron Darling fan, too. And, and you read uh, his book. His book is pretty. Did you read his book? Not the one where he badmouthed everybody, but his first book where, um, you know, how many, uh, how many pitchers? His first three batters that he faced in his career, Pete Rose, Mike Schmidt, and Joe Morgan. All three future, well, Pretend, you know, with the exception of Pete Rose, Hall of Famers. Um, and, he's, and, he, and he got them all out. I'm go sorry? Some, go get his book tomorrow. It's terrific. It's great. And well, it's, He's got a new, new one? No, the one from last year. Where he banned, like, he called people racist and stuff? Yeah, that, that was a small part of the book. I'm I mean, not going to buy that. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's still getting sued by Lenny Dykstra for that book. Lenny Dykstra, you, he'll never sue. I'll give you the legal reason, but he's never going to sue. Okay, because, because it's true? No, because you sue for defamation, you have, to, you have to take a deposition of yourself and Lenny's not going to want to be in under oath anywhere. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We got five minutes on the clock. Uh, lightning round. Uh, Rob, anything on your mind before we go? No, I think we covered it all uh, other than if there what were. What about one... general manager? I mean, let's talk a little bit about. Well, we did. We Sandy. Did. We, but we did Sandy come back? And, you know, actually, yeah. let's talk about um, the owner. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that I've meant to speak about on WFAN is, you know what? I mean, Everything that we've said has been entertaining, most, you know, true. And I think the truest thing that we've said here was Dave, Dave uh, Grover, who said how wonderful I am on WFAN. But I think the truest thing is that we got our wish this year. We got the Wilpons out, right? I mean, so let's go from there. It's like an alcoholic, right? This is day one. This is year one. And let's go on from here. And Brody, we got him out. He was a schmuck, um, to quote a Yiddish word. But that's my feel. You know, if I'm going to leave... Yeah, so we'll end up 78 and 80, what, you know, five or whatever it is. But we got a guy who loves this town, loves this team, has got plenty of money, and he interacts with the fans, and it's not always the best. But And he even told the, the players, you know, Javi Baez apologized twice. And Javi's a hothead, and I'm sure he didn't want to, but I'm sure word got to him, if not directly from the owner, that said, hey, guess what? If you even want a shot at being on this team next year, you're going to apologize for doing the thumbs down thing. So all in all, I'm thankful for Nemo. I'm thankful for our, our manager. Way, what, what are you going to leave, leave us great, with? Great, great, great owner. I think that's a yeah. great point. He's going to spend money. He doesn't care about making a profit. Like he said in his interviews, yep. I have a day job. He's going to do whatever it takes. He's brilliant. And I think him as the owner is right, is probably the best thing going forward for this team. Sandy is going to stick around, I believe, as president of the operations. And they're going to bring in a president for baseball and a general manager. And we'll see how that plays out. 
Now, kid, now you ready, kids? For next year, right? The free agent list. I'll go through it quick because we're we're coming to the end of the show. Yep, you ready? Good point. Zach Greinke, Trevor Bauer, <clears throat> Justin Verlander, Nolan Ariano, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, J.D. Martinez, Johnny Cueto, Buster Posey, uh, Chris Bryant, Marcus Stroman. We forgot about that. Kevin Gaussman. Uh, I think Andrew, Andrew Katusha out there, but nobody there. But uh, Craig. Craig Kimbrell, if he's worth a look for somebody. Here's one. You ready for this, guys? True, true story. Scott Casimir is on the list. Oh. Freddie Freeman's on the list, isn't he? Freddie Freeman is on the list. Adam Wainwright. Noah Syndergaard, of course. Kyle Schwerber. Some, so some big names out there. Ian Desmond. Trevor Story. It's going to be an active offseason. We'll see uh, what the Mets can do and how much they'll raise parking prices and ticket prices. And we'll see uh, what happens next year. Once again, this podcast is proudly sponsored by Fed Halkley and the Scandal Sheet Podcast. Go to scandalsheet.podbean.com and get your latest episode for free. And, of course, by the law offices of... David Grover. David, tell us a little bit about your website and what you do real quick. Again, for the last time, keep it short. Yes. Personal injury attorneys, auto accidents, slip and fall, free consultations, always for any accident. Call me direct, 212-527-7575. For Rob, Dave, and Thad, my name is Leonardo from Manhattan, signing out. Quick reminder. You can find this series on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can follow us on Twitter at at CheapSeatsDC, and you can reach us by email at thecheapseatsdc at gmail.com. See you next time on From the Cheap Seats. Take me out to the The From the Cheap Seats podcast is a public service provided by Thad Helsley Media, LLC, all rights reserved.